Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's our great pleasure. Welcome back to the program, J.P. Wiggins, who's co-founder and vice president of logistics at 3GTMS. And today we're going to talk about blockchain and its potential role in transportation management. Um, you know, blockchain is one of the most talked about uh, technologies uh, in the industry today. Uh, it's also one of the uh, you know least understood, with a lot of you know questions and, and uncertainty you know surrounding it. Um, you know, does blockchain have a role to play in transportation management? Um, what are the biggest, um, you know, hurdles and challenges that need, the industry needs to overcome to, you know, m make blockchain and transportation a reality? And, you know, how can it potentially improve the status quo? Well, those are some of the questions we're going to address in today's episode. And it's great to have JP back in the program to kind of share his insights and perspective on this topic. So, uh, JP, welcome to the program. Yeah, great. Thanks. Uh, glad to be back here. It's always a pleasure. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, JP, as I, I, I just mentioned, you know, over the past couple of years, uh, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, hype and discussion about blockchain and, and its potential role in supply chain management. I mean, where are we today in the hype cycle from your perspective? I mean, is the perception and, and understanding of blockchain changing and, and particularly in transportation? You know, I think the, the hype cycle has gone from there was the, the hype cycle to now we're into this whole mode of healthy skepticism. And, and, and that's, that's where, you know, you're really going to fine tune your ideas and where things really are going to come out. I mean, before when we were in the hype cycle, I had, there was crazy ideas of people talking about what they were going to do with blockchain. And, you know, you heard some pilot programs kicking off and it just, you could just tell it made absolutely no sense what they were trying to accomplish where they could simply email each other back and forth and have a secure network as opposed to setting up this entire blockchain between two different individuals here. So we're in a, we're in a different world now. And, you know, what, and what we've talked about and what we wrote on the article is just something, uh, uh, it, it's an idea. Maybe here's something that might actually find use for the technology because I think if I had to look at myself personally, that's the skepticism I've been in, which is, you know, blockchain is a technology in search of a problem. Um, you know, obviously it was created and built around the, the Bitcoin and, and what's, been, what's been done for Bitcoin and the secure transaction there. But if we, you know, ignore what's going on in Bitcoin and really look to see what the technology can maybe do, well, you know, let's, there, there is some other options that potentially could apply to us directly here in transportation. You know, I, I love that because I think it is, uh, I, I think I agree with you. I think we moved away from this, you know, uh, hype of, you know, uh, you know, I wrote a post a, a year or two ago where, you know, hype can solve, cure any, anything. You saw articles about how, you know, how blockchain can cure cancer and how blockchain is going to, you know, solve world hunger and, and so forth. And I think for a lot of, you know, people saw these headlines and kind of dismissed it or, kind of said, you know, this is getting way out of, you know, proportion. But I think you're right. I think a lot of that has blown away right now. And now people are starting to really look at it with a little bit more, you know, seriousness, if you will, still with that healthy dose of skepticism and with their questions or whatever. But now they're, now they're kind of starting to peel back the onion a little bit and say, okay, let's really try to understand this a little bit and try to, you know, see where, if anywhere, th does, does this technology make sense, particularly in, in, in transportation. So I know you've you've given some thought to this. I know you've had some some discussions. I mean, um, so let's peel back that onion a little bit. Let's say, I mean, how can blockchain improve transportation management? I mean, what are some of the um, you know problems that perhaps it can help solve, or benefits that it can you know provide to shippers and, and logistics service providers? You know, I guess one of the examples I like to talk about is you know we're we're a tier one TMS. I mean, that's it's not a secret. So when when we move a shipment today in today's digital economy what you're doing digitally with the freight is actually more important than what you're doing operationally sometimes. So we, we just did a quick study on uh, some of our average clients, our average clients 
touch an individual shipment electronically 35 times. From the time the order is created to the time it's delivered, there's 35 different hits. And, and more, it's actually even skyrocketed. Some of our hiring clients have 100. So there's 100 electrical touches of that shipment from the time it's created to the time it's actually delivered and paid. And you know, through the, let's, let's call it through the life cycle. So what are you gonna do with those 100 different touches? Well, you know, a lot of our API type of connectivities where, all right, well, you're gonna get ordered updates. You're gonna get maybe updates from the vendor. You're gonna get updates from the warehouse managers. You're gonna get updates from the trucking companies. You're gonna get status updates. So there's so many different data points that have to happen to, you know, to handle that, you know, let's call it the e-commerce error or Amazon error or whatever it is. Um, so people need to know what's really happening with their freight while it's in transit. Well, uh, one of the biggest gaps that still exists right now is the, let's call it the mom and pop carrier, the, the brokerage carriers. And it's, it's a dominated mode that we use here in North America. There's what, over half a million of these carriers, half a million carriers with less than six truckloads or less. And, and still there, it's kind of a black hole when you, when you tend to freight on brokerage, you know, it's, it's hit or miss whether you're going to know, is that, where's that freight at? When's it going to deliver? Is it delivering on time? So while for other modes and other methods of transportation, you know, I've got, I got a lot of different things in play here. I've got, I got many ways to track that freight, but, and you turn it over to a brokerage right now, it's, it's tough. You don't really know, you know, you're using that brokerage carrier. Hmm, where's it at? And that, and that's, that's kind of what we're thinking the need is, is there actually, it does seem to make sense that a, a blockchain solution here to, to help solve that visibility for the, the brokerage carriers themselves. Yeah, that's, that, yeah, that's an interesting statistics. I mean, when you think about that whole life cycle of, of a shipment in, in order, right? It's originating set in order. And then, you know, to, to the, you know, the end state of actually being delivered, you know, up to a hundred, you know, touch points. I mean, I think yeah. that's pretty, that, that's, that, that's a pretty interesting statistic there. Uh, but but I, it's believable. I mean, when you think about all the different steps that takes place, uh, even when you get into the realm of, of, you know, then optimizing it and then track and tracing and then exceptions happen, of course. So you have to then, you, you know, take some some corrective mm -hmm. action there. And, and, and then there's proof of delivery and receipt and <clears throat> freight on and payment and so forth that really goes through, you know, many, many different steps here. I mean, you, you touched upon, I think, uh, you know, an area, you, you know, that's getting a lot of attention today, which is you know, these owner operators uh, or, or small carriers that play a big role in, you know, the, the, the transportation management in the industry today and, and being able to, um, you know, plug into, um, you, you know, be able to share information and data, you know, from those carriers back into, into our systems. I mean, there's, there's a lot going on right now with ELD and so forth. I mean, do you see kind of the interplay within ELD, mandate, blockchain, TMS? Is that's kind of the, the realm of where the opportunities might, might exist? I, I think so. I mean, well, definitely with ELD, and we've kind of solved visibility, or almost solved, or, or really have relatively solved visibility for like the contract carrier or the larger carrier. Um, there's some great, you know, I call them third-party tracking telemetric solutions out there that, you know, they do a great job of hooking up to the carrier's ELD or hooking up to the carrier's API systems themselves, and they can track where the truck is. So in the food industry, it's been absolutely dominating. We've got some great clients that use some great third parties there. I don't want to plug names, but most of them are your sponsors. So, um, but the, uh, you know, they, 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 they know. So we know contract carriers, you know, it seems like it's really been solved, but, you know, for like the 3G brokerage customers that, that even use these third-party telemetrics, you know, you turn a freight over to a mom and pop carrier from a load board and they're getting about 25, maybe 30% tracking. And, and that's because 
a lot of times the brokerage carriers, it's a mom and pop. There is no IT department. Their ELD may actually be a smart app that they've downloaded on their phone, <laughs> you know, or it's something that's been built into the cap. Um, there's, there's just physically no way to connect into all the ELD and they have no IT department. So, you know, so what are we down to right now? We're trying to figure out, uh, you know, if you can get the driver to, you know, track the driver. If you have the driver's cell phone number, you can say, hey, can I please track you? Yes or no. And, and that cell phone type of tracking is actually more or less going away. Um, but we also even found, even when it was around, uh, like I said, it was a 25% acceptance ratio to get that driver to agree to being tracked. Uh, you know, there's some people were better at it than others, but we never saw anywhere that it was over 30% tracking for that cell phone type of tracking. And that's, you know, what they're, what they're saying is Verizon is not going to renew the contract with the uh, location smart and stuff like that. So there's, you know, that's, you can still track, but you need to have an application on the cell phone itself. You actually need a smart app. Um, and then you can track via an app for that. But then you get into, well, we just talked about it. There's a half a million of these carriers out there. There's literally dozens and dozens of choices for them to, to use here. How do you bring them all together? How do you herd those cats in at one? And, and you know, that's, that's where I think eventually, you know, if we do kind of get this herded around that a, a blockchain would make sense for uh, to solve this type of problem that you could set up these different individual networks that the carriers have, bring the data in and, and, you know, describe what is a blockchain. It allows a, you know, a business network to share shared information in a secured format to the different parties. And, and I think there's definitely a, a possibility for using it there. Yeah, no, in interesting. I mean, I think we, 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 you know, which leads to my next question. We kind of touched upon a little bit. I mean, blockchain, obviously, you know, it's not a silver bullet solution, mm -hmm. you know, by, by any means, and nor, nor does it operate in, in, in a vacuum, I mean, what other technologies or capabilities are required to, you know, fully realize these opportunities? Obviously, I think, you know, from a shipper standpoint or, or a 3PL, a brokerage uh, a player standpoint, I mean, a TMS is a core part of this as well, right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, what, what do I want? You know, my clients are 3PLs and shippers and what do they want me, my TMS to do? Well, they want it to be able to tender. They want to be able to ex see acceptance of temper. They want to know when it's going to get picked up. They want to know where it's at in transit. They want to know if there's going to be exceptions during the process. Uh, and then, you know, we want some type of proof of delivery or know when it's being delivered or if, you know, and, and the TMS has the workflow built in it. I mean, we've got the workflow. We know, well, we know ETAs, we know if we're out of ETAs, you know, we know we'll de develop delivery windows so that we can de develop, you know, performance-based scorecarding and all this others. But more importantly, we've got the, the notification process and the workflow to automate it. Um, you know, not only, like I said, there's a hundred different touch points that can happen for a shipment, just a single shipment. You want those hundreds to happen automatically so that you don't have to have a human interact with them. And, and that's what the tier one team does is so that you don't have to interact with those shipments unless it, you know, gets to be some kind of massive exceptions. I mean, even what we would say is tier one exceptions. You want tier one exceptions to be handled by the workflow intelligence automatically. You don't want to have a user involved for even tier one because it seems like everything's exception these days. So, but, you know, if, we, if we've got the cell phone tracking, I mean, we've got the pieces of the puzzle here. I mean, the, even the load board carriers, okay, everyone's got a cell phone. I mean, everyone should have a smartphone at this point. If not, that's something that maybe we got to push forward on. Um, but having a smartphone, having some apps that they, they can run with, and then, but it's then just trying to bring it all together uh, so that we could, I, you know, we want to be able to automatically tender to load road carriers. We want to automatically be able to get status updates from load road carriers. You know, even, even imaging, document retrieval, proof delivery, things like that. That's, that's things that we just want to have automatically. And it's, you know, and we're, we're still in a place where, well, you know, 80, 90% of freight is tendered via email right now. So, right. you know, 
<laughs> so, so what do you see, you know, uh, you know, to get there? I mean, but what do you see as the biggest hurdles or, or, or challenges that the industry has to overcome in, in order to make, you know, transportation, you know, blockchain and transportation a reality? Well, I think, you know, it's been a tough one. I, I, the, the big challenge is how we're going to get to critical mass. Uh, you know, we've got a half a million carriers here. How would we get half a million carriers on the same network? And that, that's really what needs to happen. Um, how would we get them on that same network? And, and uh, you know, I thought of, well, maybe this could actually be an initiative by a government agency, potentially. You know, could a government say, hey, there's enough. This is, we're talking a significant slice of the GDP here that gets moved on this half a million group. You know, if, if setting up a network that allows us to, to bring that group of carriers into the fold that's required, I think there's significant benefit to the U.S. economy or, you know, the economy of North America. That's one. Um, another is, is there's, there is some different smaller company apps that are getting out there. They're getting some good penetrations with the drivers themselves. Maybe consolidate three or four of those different companies together to one, and then, then you can get critical mass. Uh, and then you can start coming up with programs to incentivize a carrier saying, well, you have to load my app to run your freight. And you know what? I'll give you 50 bucks to run the app this time. <laughs> you know, it's 50 bucks. If you don't want it, then it's, you know, just get paid $50 less, but it's click yes now for $50, you know, and then instantly cash them, you know, like give them the API payslip for 50 bucks, make them, you know, get on that network that first time. And then maybe it's an extra 10 bucks for every load that they handle beyond that. So, but it's, it's just building that critical mass, getting enough, getting a high percent of those truckload carriers to be able to on that. And then once you get a high enough percent, if you're using carriers, then you can use carriers that you've onboarded and you can just go to the, you can start, you know, doing that whole network of just using the onboarded carriers that you know you can track. Um, and, then, and then when you're doing your load boards and carrier assignments, you, you set up a carrier and their insurance, like the way you onboard carriers, you set them up. As, as another part of onboarding is, is, well, they're able to track, able to track. And, and maybe you've got three or four different methods to track them, but you're still able to track them. And so that, that box gets checked. So they're allowed to be selected when you're, when you're moving across the load boards. You know, some, some great ideas there. And, you know, another thing that I, I'm seeing is, you know, there, there needs to be kind of ultimately for any kind of mass adoption, you also need some kind of standards, you know, in place. Um, and certainly there's the uh, Blockchain and Transport Alliance that's yep. doing some yep. work in that area. I mean, do you see that as well as another uh, yeah, I think that's required standards? You know, I think everything that you're going to have to do here is going to have to go around beta. So, you know, build, it's looking to build something around beta, whether it's, you know, maybe it's a government thing doing beta or it's a private initiative that's using Bivita or, a, you know, some of the different initiatives that are going on. Um, I don't see it being a, a private, a single private for-profit company that just does this as a network. I don't know if someone could reach scale. Uh, that was the thing that I'm, I'm struggling with is can one company reach enough scale to reach critical mass here? And, and I don't know. I don't have an answer to that one. Maybe yeah, so. Yes, it could be, you know, it's the type of thing that if you do have some standards, and particularly standards around interoperability, right? So maybe it isn't one single private entity, you know, for-profit thing, but maybe you do have some, you know, a handful that do reach some sort of critical mass on their own, but then the ability to then for the, all these things to interoperate, these separate networks to interoperate and talk to one another in a common format might be another approach. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think there's different different things that need to happen ultimately, um, you know, for, for, for this to, to you know to gain traction. But I think I think there's certainly a lot of momentum and and demand in the industry, particularly yeah. from a from a visibility standpoint. Things like uh, on time and full and, and so forth, where you know the demand for this visibility and data, so, so that companies, shippers, and three PLs alike can you know 
take proactive action and make smarter decisions faster, I think is going to you know drive whatever direction this is going to go. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of also curious what if if Uber for Freight is able to make some transactions here, some to able to make some leverage, shall we say? Because there are, you know, if you're if you're if you're going to haul a load for Uber, you are going to be tracked. I mean, an Uber is going to give you that Uber, and they're going to have that type of information there. So I've always debated if that's going to work. Now, Uber is a shipper solution. It's not, you know, they're not into the world of rebrokering to someone else that's doing brokering. So, but maybe if they change that methodology a little bit and. Maybe maybe brokers could use Uber. I don't know. I mean, right now that's not on their plate. They're not in the whole mode of broker to rebroker, so you get the double brokerage gone down. But um, you know, it's but the, you know, the, for the freight that they're moving, they are tracking because they've got the carrier to use their app itself. So right. tracking with an app, and that's that's really what it comes down to. That's the magic puzzle. How do you get an app? How do you get a trucker to download your app and use it? Right, right. And then if you talk to the truckers, I mean, they don't want to have to download, you know, 20 different apps. On, oh, on their horrible. Phones. Yeah, go, go, go grab a driver. You know, and it's funny to do this. And I've done this a few times. Say, go look at the ones you have on there now. And they'll have a dozen of them. And they're waiting to be updated. And, you know, they're in the field. And they don't know what they're doing. And remember, they're just, they've just picked up a load. You know, they've just picked up a load. And, you right. know, some people say they've got the greatest app in the world and some don't. And they're getting confused. And they've got just too many different choices. So it's, it's somehow to bring it all together. Right, right. No, I, I, I agree. Well, uh, you know, JP, we're running you know, short on time here. So I'm just going to go right to my last question. I mean, as a way, way to wrap up, I mean, what advice, you know, would you get to shippers and, and logistics service providers then, you know, with regards to blockchains? I mean, what, what actions, is, if any, should they take today to make sure that, you know, they keep pace with whatever developments, you know, take place in the, in the months and years ahead? Yeah, no, I think this is something that's coming. I mean, there's going to be, we have to solve this for brokerage. This is a, this is, you know, the, the, the pressure has been building. I mean, it hit us, the e-commerce effect and the tracking requirements of the other modes was like a, was a tsunami. Um, you know, 24 months ago, it wasn't there. We've had to solve those in the past 24 months. So this is going to get solved in the next 24 months. I can't tell you how it's going to be getting solved, but it will be solved in the next two years. So, uh, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to that because that's the type of stuff we love to do as a TMS. You know, use this data. We want the data. I mean, we want to, we want to have electronic methods so that I can set up workflow to automatically process the brokerage alerts to the system. So I don't have to have a, a person. And in, and in fact, that's one of the biggest challenges brokerage companies have to growth right now is the more they grow well then the more people they have to cover the loads you know because it's still such a manually intensive industry well why is it manually intensive well you're still doing check calls for gosh sakes that's one thing you need to get rid of and you can't get rid of check calls unless you can monitor where your carrier is at every day so you know if we solve this problem that's good for me because then i'll sell more tmss <laughs> you know because then my tmss can help brokerage actually scale and they've Economies of scale for brokerage is something that really hasn't happened because of the manual requirements of physically tracking brokerage loads. So this is something that once it's solved, though, then we're in a new world order. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I, I've had the opportunity to speak with uh, uh, a number of different you know, brokerage uh, uh, places over the past couple of years. And, and it's that scalability and growing yeah. the business that you know, is, is top of mind for them in terms of how, to, you know, how do they apply technology you know, to be able to help them, you know, do that because it is still a lot of, there's still a lot of manual processing, you know, taking place, uh, you know, out there. Um, and, you know, so we'll, we'll see what blockchain, you know, ultimately ends up in, in this industry. But uh, I think you're right. Going back to your early comment, you know, we've kind of moved past the, the hype. We're now into the kind of the, the, the healthy health skepticism. And I think we're yeah. going to probably progress those areas now where, you know, we're going to more clearly identify those opportunities and, and then start taking some action to, to apply it 
uh, apply blockchain where, where it makes the most sense and here in transportation. Yep. So again, JP, thank you for making the time to be with us today. Oh, love to be here. Thanks. Great. I want to thank those of you that joined us. Uh, if you're watching this episode on demand, uh, either at the 3GTMS website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for JP, you can post it there. And I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Well, thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.